Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we talk about what is evolving in FSC and just what is important in the world of FSC. This is an episode that I've looked forward to and which has also been one of the toughest ones for me to prepare. Uh, simply just because I just get so moved by the stories and the spirit of the people that you are going to meet today. Today we're going to return to Ukraine one and a quarter of a year after the invasion and for the first time we will actually hear from our team on the ground in Ukraine and from some of the certificate holders in Ukraine. I'm just so grateful that they've all agreed to talk to me and share their stories and enlighten me on why it's so important to maintain FSC when your country, your life and, and basically your home is under attack. So please welcome Pavlo Kravitz, who is the director of FSC Ukraine, Yuheni Khan, who's a chain of custody and integrity manager of FSC Ukraine. Then we have Victoria Kumuch, who's the manager of Tsunami, who's an FSC certified company working producing oak floorings. And Natalia Pukinska, who's the managing director of Kronosban in Ukraine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I feel very fortunate that we've so far succeeded to get you all on the same call at the same time. So thank you for taking the time and let's hope that we can get through the entire conversation without interruptions. I'd like to start with you, Paolo. Can you perhaps put a few words to your background? What do we need to know about you? First of all, um, thank you, Laura, for invitation and to engagement on this podcast. I'm a uh, Forester, and I come from generation of uh, foresters. Right now, I'm FSC Ukraine national representative, and uh, I have a long history and long uh, journey to be part of FSC and FSC community. First of all, I am uh, was manager of FSC uh, Forest Management uh, Group. Later, I was one of uh, initiator to develop FSC national standard in country. Then I was play a role like uh, FSC contact person in Ukraine. And uh, all of my career and all of my personal growth are related to growth and development uh, our organization. Wow, you seem tied to FSC. What was it originally that attracted you to FSC? I got uh, created always the idea of sustainable forest management. And after that, I explore the government's rules and uh, principles of work of FSC, that's uh, transparency, stakeholders engagements. I like it and I uh, recognize that I have a unique chance to make an impact on forest management on a ground level and to see the results of my input. Therefore, that I'm with uh, FSC and uh, I'm very proud that I'm part of uh, solution and to be in our organization. Has your motivation then changed after the invasion? Is it the same thing still that attracts you to FSC? What, what keeps you going? I think uh, that uh, has no change of motivation, but for me, it's got additional meaning. After the invasion and uh, this war, it's becoming clear that forest management is not uh, silviculture only. It's starting to be more clear that it's a civilization choice 
for respect human rights, to pay attention of local community, interest of different stakeholders. I feel the war, uh, it's only open for me and my colleague uh, additional values that we need to save, not forest management itself, but fundamental value that we are maintained in our country. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I get that. So, so if I understand you correctly, the whole social side of FSC for you is even more important now than, than it was before the war. Yes, uh, because if we're talking about forest management, we uh, more spent uh, aspects on on some practical aspects about best available practice, uh, some o- operational or some silviculture techniques. But right now we understand that the core value is and fundamental principles are built FSC. It is a uh, human rights. It is a respect of individuals. It is engagements and participatory principles are created as a framework for our basement, our pillars that we can able to improve forest management uh, as uh, silviculture. Therefore, during war, I recognize that these fundamental values are starting to be more fragile and need to pay attention from our side. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's, that's on my mind and, and, and probably on everybody else's mind, and now you're talking about uh, mental health and, and ensuring fundamental values, how are you guys holding up? <sighs> it's it's a, a difficult question, but my answer is that we do not uh, thinking uh, about problems. <laughs> we just concentrate on finding the way to solve it and to continue our work. And believe me, that adaptive capabilities of uh, of humanity and our people is incredible. I'm amazed from all of the different interviews I've seen now over almost a year and a half with Ukrainian people. What struck me is it seems to be ingrained in your culture and in your self-understanding, this whole notion of let's not get stuck on the problems. Let's just solve it. Let's just find solutions. Do you think that that's true? Because I see Natalia nodding. Let me invite you in here then. Do, Do you think this is part of the Ukrainian spirit? I think uh, looking at my team, for example, yes, uh, it's certainly the case, yes, because it just reminds me of uh, being a doctor when you do the operation and you have to think about everything very quick, precise and make the action. You don't have the time for planning and you need to make a decision and you are not to make a wrong decision, especially with a, mm-hmm. when you are running a company and when you are running a country like a president runs it. Yes, so this is being quick. Yes, making the deal, making the decision, and go ahead. You don't have the time to uh, sit down to talk about. You just do something. So when you are asking how you adapt, it's actually uh, really natural for us, you know. So public, and maybe you can give a, a few examples too. What, what kind of adaptions have you had to make in your everyday life to just keep working? Uh, the adaptation uh, depends uh, on a situation, on a first uh, stage. Uh, 
where invasion is uh, coming, we decided uh, to make relocation of staff because um, we need to decentralize operation and to switching our operation to the to use cloud uh, services and it help us on the beginning when the the invasion first started i'm sure that uh, most people expected that fsc would pull out of ukraine and not certify anymore because well how can you certify a, a, a country uh, that's under an invasion? How can, how can you certify a country that's under armed conflict? If I didn't point this question to you guys instead and, and turn it around, why is it so important that FSC actually does stay in Ukraine, that we do keep certifying, that you guys do keep your work every single day? First of all, I would like to stress that uh, the war is starting not uh, one year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an action starting to, from 2014, as well as uh, occupation some territory in eastern part of Ukraine. Therefore, we have some experience how to save FSC in country with extraordinary situation. Uh, and it helped uh, FSC to prepare for, for this situation. But of course, it's not it, it it isn't possible to prepare for, for war and for a full invasion, but we have some experience. And only 20% of country affected this armed conflict. The most forest, FSC certified forest located in other territory where economy continue to operate and where FSC to play an important role because FSC like a indicator for whole people, for business, for stakeholders that despite so crucial difficulties, you can able to trade, you can able to create business link, uh, or you can be sure about sustainable or responsible forest management in country. Uh, that is uh, uh, why FSC important and FSC do not run away from country. One of uh, certificate holders said, I starting to respect strongly FSC. Why? Because FSC do not escape from the country. I would like to stress that FSC uh, demonstrate uh, uh, the leader's position to maintain responsible forest management in extraordinary situation. And for me, it is very important uh, experience that we need to learn and to use because um, the other situation can be in other parts of, of the world. And uh, for me, we need to use this uh, experience and uh, to use this knowledge to sharing for our network partners, for other stakeholders, and to be proud that we save FSC value and FSC mission in country. So what, one of the things you're saying is that FSC in many aspects can, can, is more important than, than ever in terms of, of showing to the world that this is actually a sustainable product that they're buying. This is not a, a, a product that's from the 20% of the country that's under invasion at, at the moment, but from other places in the country. How does that work? How does one know that that's the case? 
first of all, uh, we have very uh, complex holistic uh, solution FSC related to this extraordinary situation in country. Uh, the first of all, uh, the solution was uh, to suspend it, uh, FSC certificate in zone of armed conflict. As I said before, only about 20% of country are in an uh, armed zone conflict. And uh, cert- certificate was suspended. The second one to provide uh, different uh, techniques for audit and to use uh, more intensive hybrid and remote audits to protect uh, health and life of auditor. And uh, third one, promote risk-based approach for different reasons uh, and uh, to, to use more uh, appropriate techniques for auditing and um, uh, this uh, approach, risk-based approach, help us to promote uh, GIS uh, tools and other innovation that uh, we are um, developed in our office. And there you said a keyword, which makes, makes me want to bring Yuhani in because before I gave you the word, Yuhani, I, I want I want to let the audience uh, be aware that you're you're a bit of a tech whiz, and I know that you're too polite to say so yourself, but but you are constantly exploring new options and new opportunities in terms of how can we actually make use of the tools that are that are out there. And Paolo now said we want to make use of, of new tools of GIS, etc. Can you just explain to us what are the, some of the things that you've been trying to to build during this invasion to to make it possible to still know where whether a product comes from a conflict zone or not, or whether a forest is in a conflict zone or not? So as we have small team and limited capacity, we decided to use uh, more intensive IT technologies. As Pavel said, uh, GIS process automation using AI to improve our daily work. As Pavel said, we try to use open data in our risk-based approach to make the forest sector more transparent uh, to the stakeholders and uh, FSC actors. Regarding the question of zones of armed conflict, it's need to check information on the websites of local authorities as the Ministry of Defense and uh, State Emergency Service. And with the combination of this information and some non-profit investigation as an institute for the study of the war and life map UA, deep state map, documents from local administration, CB can um, make the right evaluation of the potential risks Mm-hmm. So you're actually pointing the certification bodies to these different sources of information and trying to be a hub for where they can find the information that they need. Have you made other adaptions to your systems or your setup to enable FSC in, in, in your country? Yeah, I want to say that these results with, which we have in Ukraine can 
the possibles uh, of using of uh, new technologies. And I think it's a result of collaboration between different departments, network partners, and we have opportunity to share information more on, on more faster way. And FAC International implemented a lot of ambitious and impactful projects like blockchain. Uh, and we participated uh, in this testing and it showed us that forestry sector in Ukraine open with uh, whole world to share this information. Or it was very interesting for me to have very quick result of localization of the content because now FSC launched the new version of FSC search portal and thanks to implementing uh, machine translation, uh, artificial intelligence, we localized the website for Ukraine in one day. So it was very fast. And now Ukrainian certificate holders or stakeholders can work with this website in Ukrainian language. Okay, so you have a Ukrainian version of FSC Search. Yeah, it was uh, launched uh, by the colleagues. It was the initiative of FSC International, and they asked us, do you want to translate it into Ukrainian? And I said, oh, yeah. And the next day we will have uh, the translated version of the FSC Search portal. So it was very quick, and thanks to technologies, and now we trying to use something which all speaking about it's chat gpt but we trying to implement it with additional tools for example with our knowledge database there are a lot of tools of the market and one of them is uh, landchain and now it can help us internally understand how to implement risk-based approach in the best way because we can uh, have access to FSC normative framework thanks to this integration and it's create new opportunities. I think it was very impactful and important. Mm -hmm. Well, I completely agree, but I also have to say, Yuhani, you also, is you're just a person who makes the most of all of that. I don't think we have anywhere else in the FSC system as such anyone who combines the standards of FSC, the normative framework with chat GBT. I, I have to tell you, Zach, that's kudos to you for doing so. I think we need some interruption because in Kyiv, air raid Syrians, and we have to go to the shelter. And with that, what we'd hoped wouldn't happen, happened. An air alarm sounded. Luckily, it was only where Pavlu and Eugenie was placed, and Natalie and Victoria and I were able to continue our conversation. And don't worry, everyone's safe. Natalia, thank, thank you again. Tell me, what does Kronospan do, for those that does not know? So we are the leaders in the production of their baseboard panels. It's like particle board, uh, MDF, flooring in the one of the leaders in the world. And we do have two factories in Ukraine. And recently we have been investing um, half a billion euro 
in their yes in their activity namely in Rivne this is this mm-hmm. uh, more central part of the Ukraine so we are deeply involved into their economy of the Ukraine as well as participation in helping the furniture industry to develop in the country and how many employees do you roughly have do you know yes uh, we do have uh, all together 800 people we mm-hmm. do have more uh, technology in place um, but yes it is still a big number and so to say we have uh, almost 10% it's 80 people even close to 90 now are called for military service that mm-hmm. must have meant substantial changes in your company what have you had to do to adapt to that Yes, so and the overall adaptation since the start of the war, it's incredible. Of course, the business in Ukraine, as well as our company, we had to overcome and to adapt to completely different environment. So starting from the beginning, we had great fear that more territory of the Ukraine will be taken. And you remember Kiev, you know, under the threat, and then we didn't know what to expect from the government. So we were on alarm. And, but we did not leave the country. We were taking care of the people, uh, especially women with children. We took them with the buses out of the Ukraine to be placed in different Kronospan companies. So there were more than 100 people taken out. But in fact, since maybe three months later or four, um, 70 to 60 percent of them came back with children. Oh. Uh, then we had uh, in operational activity, the logistics was up completely broken. So our chemicals were delivered, for example, from Belarus. Then we had um, some other stuff delivered from abroad. And within the start of the war, we had no carriers who wanted to come to the Ukraine to bring the product because they were under the threat. So we had to invest in the special uh, ton containers, vehicles, and it was substantial investment. This actually was like 4 million euro that we had to invest during already the war to bring to Ukraine just to, uh, to for us to be unable to work again. Uh, of course, there was, uh, as Pablo said, uh, it was also the case of uh, interruptions. It was in the electricity supply. We had to think how to be independent in more and larger scale. So we had to invest into such uh, called gas generators. It's another 5 million euro in Rivne to be able to produce electricity from gas supply. So it's a turbine that will convert gas into the electricity. Uh, we were one of the first who were buying electricity from abroad. It was the import of electricity. So we were let's say, being independent in in this case. And of course, the furniture companies, they were buying the diesel generators so to be able to carry on their daily activity. The most important is also the staff. As I said and mentioned, they are taken to the army, so you have a scarce resource, a human resource, and you uh, actually train people to be working today in one line, for example, particle production. The other day they are working with OSB, whereas before they were completely into narrow, you know, skill to work in one particular uh, machine. Of course, uh, within the 
new circumstances, we also have to care about the health and safety of the staff. So when you hear the alarm, you have to notify the staff and we have a certain alarm inside of the company when we are going into the shelters and we have to interrupt our daily activity. This is just a few examples how difficult it was and what were the obstacles. That's a lot of different challenges to solve all, all at once. What does that take from one company to just pivot like that? Basically, first of all, is that uh, management, you know, like a president should not lead the country. It means that people are being with their manager, with their leader, and then they create a team and team directly knows and communicates what they have to do. Then it is, of course, the ability of the company to persuade and stay in the Ukraine, carry on the daily life, yes, and still being able to um, invest resources to outcome these obstacles. So this is a financial burden. It's additional uh, scope of work that you have to do. Of course, this is uh, to be more alert and to communicate with your customers and suppliers on literally hourly basis sometimes. You are not asking, okay, what we will be selling, for example, one month uh, ahead. You're asking, what do you do tomorrow or how you wake up and what we shall uh, be planning for our activity for tomorrow. Yes, you are just strict in your decisions and quick. Mm-hmm. This, it also sounds like you are placing a lot more autonomy in the in the individual teams. Do you think that that's a change that will last even after the, the invasion of staff after the war? I think so, because this is such experience that you will that will not be wiped out. Yes, they mm-hmm. are basically stronger. They are able to make things um, themselves. Yes, and this is an ability. It's not like being just managed. They are more or less managers themselves. Mm-hmm. So what role has FFC played for you as a company, if, if any, during this entire time? Has it been important for Kronos Band that, that you have FSC? Um, I would put the question a little bit in a different way, in a way that FSC actually is um, influencing three major sectors of economy in Ukraine. So first of all, it's a forestry, yes, itself. Then it is a timber processing industry where we belong. And a third one, which is not the last one, probably it's a furniture industry. And all three are heavily relying on FSC certification. Overall, it is a huge impact on the economic stability of a country itself. Uh, you know, I'm grateful to for FSC about their position on the cancellation of the certification towards the countries of Russia and Belarus and uh, still uh, that we are able and you continue to work in the Ukraine and would be the most obliged if we will be trying forward to find and close all these loopholes for the export of the wood products from Russia and Belarus that is still being continued. I think it is very vital to help and stop this cruel war in the center of Europe. And it is important that, you know, some of the companies that are, let's say, they have stopped working in Ukraine, like with Ukraine and Ukrainian products, it's also vital to uh, still persuade them that we are still doing our business in the best possible way. And we are 
able to make a due diligence system which can uh, reflect all threats and take them into account to be FSC certified. This is up to, uh, of course, the company, but uh, we would insist that they still can work with Ukraine and Ukrainian products, and it will bring a great impact to our economy still. Thank you. And, and welcome back, Yuhani and, and Pavel. I'm glad, I'm glad to see you both back. This actually leads me back to a, to a question to you, Pavlo, because I know that, that you've also done a bit of thinking about the value that FSE brings to stakeholders, to certified companies in Ukraine right now. Can you put a few words to that? Why do stakeholders tell you that, it's, that FSE is important for you right now? or for them right now? Why it is important, the FSC, uh, to bring um, more culture and uh, best practices. And uh, together, it is bringing us more close to, to the Europe and European Union. And uh, it's on, not only my uh, point of view, but FSC play a role uh, of a catalyst for European integration of forest sector. And uh, from my point of view, it is a unique chance to change the country and society and to bring more FSC values. And stakeholders understand this, recognize this, and therefore they change uh, uh, their view on FSC from international uh, forest scheme, forest certification scheme, to like a movement can able to push our forest sector too close to the Europe, and th- that is one lesson learned during um, <laughs> this situation in, in war. And um, what I uh, explore f- from my conversation with uh, different stakeholders, the FSC support for European Union integration. That's to me is is really interesting that you're saying that uh, FSC is a, can be a catalyst for change in the forest sector as such in, in Ukraine. Actually, one of the things that struck me when I looked into our uh, internal reporting uh, recently is that Ukraine is actually one of the places in the world where FSC is growing most proportionally in in forest management certification. Why is that? How how can that happen? During these times, well, the main explanation it is a market. After the uh, crisis and frozen our domestic market, uh, it's only way to export products on European market or other market uh, where um, FSE is uh, required. And as uh, Natalia said, uh, FSE play more role than it was before. Because before, exporter said, okay, the FSC certificate is important, but right now it is vitality important. We Without FSC, we cannot uh, to export because FSC play a role to reduce different risk. And independent verification done by separate uh, organization, separate certification body, is additional evidence about responsible forest management, integrity of uh, supply, and FAC certificate have more values as before. Why? Because the country is in a war, and uh, the forest reform are existing in our country right now. The government no longer can enforce the regulations that is in place, the legislation that's in place to the same extent that they could before. Therefore, it is increased uh, 
role of other tools and actors like NGO, like uh, certification scheme and uh, own DDS uh, responsible businesses. And um, therefore, uh, it is increased interest for FSC, how FSC able to uh, work in this uh, condition and we all time need to be faster than we do before. I totally agree with, uh, with Natalia. No time to discuss just to solve, just to do. And after, you're able to, <laughs> to, to analyze is it more good or maybe you will do better. But no time mm-hmm. for, for, for so long discussion. Just to, just to solving problem and to do the best as, mm-hmm. as you can. Johanny, one of the things that then strikes me is that if FSC has an even more important role than ever in ensuring uh, sustainable forest management, the integrity of our certificates and the integrity of the audits being done are also even more important than, than they have ever been. How do we ensure that integrity on the ground in Ukraine right now? Integrity the main topic for us. And previously we started the project related to risk-based approach, implementation and testing uh, some recommendation which can help CB to predict potential issues. And another thing which uh, helped us a lot to have a collaboration meeting with certification bodies because they can uh, share some worries, expectations, ideas, how to solve some local problems or how to deal with these challenges. So it's a lot of efforts of auditors, of FSC actors, which mm-hmm. communicate to each other to find the right solution uh, at this time. As I said before, it's very important Direction is GIS technologies. Certification bodies in Ukraine use uh, GIS portal developed by FSC. And I think it's very important to understand that we trying to predict how FSC certification can develop in our country. And in some cases, it's not the best scenarios. So we're ready to worst case scenarios. But thanks to collaboration with another network partners with FSC International, we can achieve good results. And this uh, growing of FSC certified territories before and keeping the same area, it's a result of this collaboration. Mm-hmm. So the ask for FSC products from, from the outside world is essential uh, to the maintenance of, of FSC in Ukraine, as is your work in, in coordinating everyone. Hi, Victoria, and thank you for waiting so very patiently. Can we just start by having you introduce the company that you work for and what you do? Thank you for the opportunity to participate in your podcast. So today I am representing company Tsunami. Uh, We are working on the market for 22 years. So I am in a company for more than two years. I am responsible for FSC certification of the company. Your life must have changed as well uh, since the invasion. How how have you had to to adapt in 
in both in your life and, and in Tsunami, what, if, what changes most have you had to make? I think that family, friends, relatives, colleagues from work helped to adapt. At work, of course, there were difficulties because several people from the office staff went abroad in the first days. So we faced a lot of requests from our customers about what we would do next. It was necessary to monitor the possibilities of food supply regions on a daily basis. Since we didn't have big volumes in warehouses, problems with fuel, reduction of transportation, causes electricity, mobilization, unstable market, impossibility of planning, but we are trying to cope. Mm, the friendly team, support of uh, companies, uh, owner, um, helped to overcome all these obstacles. It cannot be said uh, that during the war we work in the same way as before. And the volume of uh, orders decreased, the price increased for the use of raw material, transportation, equipment, and spare parts, the cost of electricity transmission and its distribution. So during the war, it's very difficult to control wood suppliers we abandoned, but we are trying to find solutions. It sounds like you have more than enough on your plate, <laughs> all of you, basically. But but why is it so important? Because it sounds like it's also quite difficult to keep finding the FSE certified resources that you need and all of your different price parameters has gone up. Why is it so important for you to maintain FSE as, as part of that mix? Because it must also be, it is work. You know, FSE, it's a great platform. It's like one of the biggest solutions for uh, Ukrainian timber processing companies to survive and to keep working. It's really, really great that today the number of certified companies is increasing. Even while war, it's like um, great evidence of responsible business. We understand that FSC certification ensures a balance of ecological, social, and economic interest on mankind without harming future generations. We believe that FSC effectively protects forests, and we may help to do this. Is it also a requirement from your clients that you are FSC certified still? Is it a prerequisite to sell your products abroad? Yes, we are selling our products abroad and uh, the main point after the quality of the product is uh, FSC certification. And uh, it's one of the most point in our due diligence system that helps us to keep working. So it's very important for us because all our business clients are FSC certified and uh, the FSC claim on our products is very important. So just have, I have one more question for, for each of you. And it's actually the same question I have for you all, because normally I would, uh, I would end this in this podcast with like a very outlooking question on what you would like to dream of if you look a year ahead, three years ahead. But I'm, I'm quite sure I know what all of you would dream of if you look a year ahead. Uh, so I'm not going to ask that. Instead, I'm going to ask you a different question. Um, I'm going to give the floor to you guys, to each of you 
give us your perspective on if you could ask the listeners of this podcast who are staff in FSC worldwide, who are uh, some of your clients, who are um, buyers of, of wooden products throughout the world, if you could ask one thing of them or provide one piece of learning from for all of us who's not in the situation that you are in right now, what would that be? So Pablo, let me start with you. That is what I uh, lesson learned, that extraordinary situation help us, help me personally to explore true value of forests. And second one, that our world is very fragile and we need to save and uh, we need to do all together and FSC like a best solution for that. Wow, I'm amazed that even in the situation you're in, you managed to just take it on at that very big level. You, Henny, what would you like to either ask of people or share a learning of? From my point, it can be a very simple message. If you're open to positive changes, you don't need to wait for some big opportunity for this. You can act despite any challenges. And it can be successful mm -hmm. for you and all around you. Mm -hmm. So back to giving the autonomy back. Natalia, if you could ask one thing from all of the listeners out there, what would that be? This is a, will be a request that the country should not be left alone. And uh, we have different influences that can be helping us. The one that is interested within the perspective of our operational activity is still please carry on the FSC certification and help Ukraine, which is during even the war, as we heard, is undergoing the reforms in the forestry industry, yes, and is being able to learn faster implement faster everything that is also attaching to sustainable forestry, to the environment, yes. So now it is the time when this can be implemented, implemented more easy, yes, and quicker. So the request will be, we should not be left alone. We require the help with this process and this process can bring us the opportunity to be more certified, more sustainable and friendly. This will bring a welfare to the country, which has to be rebuilt after the war. So basically what you're saying is keep buying our products and buy even more of them. Yes, and help us uh, to carry on the reforms that we have started in the way that we are more sustainable, we are more friendly within the environment, and we will be able to rebuild because it will be we have an um, enormous impact untold, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, environment, our green heart of our forest and all the rest. Mm -hmm. Victoria, you got to be the last one. What would your piece of advice be? Or ask? Uh, sure, it's not simple considering the unpredictability of war to uh, work, cooperate and uh, think clearly. We have many areas that were affected by war, uh, but uh, um, you know, the main point is if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. So I think that we 
will not give up. We will continue to work. And we really appreciate help of FEC International, FEC Ukrainian. Thank you, guys. You are working hard and we really appreciate this. Thank you. Well, thank you. I think those that that thank you goes primarily to Eugenia and Pablo, who are most definitely the ones on this call who's who's working the hardest on on ensuring uh, FSC on the ground in Ukraine. Thank you, all four of you, for humoring all of my my many questions and and for giving us a bit of an insight into what life has been like almost a year and a half into an invasion of of your country. That concludes my conversation with the four of them. Thank you to Pavlo, Yuhani, Victoria and Natalia for allowing me a small glimpse into a world where so much has changed and somehow still became normal. That is the extraordinary ability of human beings to adapt and to find new solutions. However, I am blown away by these four individuals and by the Ukrainian people in general in their resilience, their innovative culture and their willingness to share what is difficult. They deserve our utmost respect and support. Let's hope that we as a community within FSC are able to provide the help that they request and use their learnings and that we can abide to their urge to go make the changes in the world that we would like to see, to go and do what is needed to be done. I am heartened to hear that FSC certification brings value and is a support for companies in maintaining the very important businesses that keeps the economy of the country going. And lastly, I can only urge that we continue to buy products from Ukraine and do our best to support the transition in a sustainable direction and safeguard the survival of companies who will be so critical once they get to rebuilding the country. Let us also hope that the war will soon come to an end and that the four of them will be able to be reunited with their family and loved ones and that this is the last podcast that we have to do on a country under attack. Remember to subscribe to Forest of the Future if you want to get notified of new episodes where we dive into other areas of FSC and the world of certification and sustainable forest management. You can also always get in touch with me on podcast at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.